0: Hey everyone, you're tuning in to Radical Good with your host, Rada Friedman. In this video podcast, we're going to explore the question, what will it take to get more resources into the hands of women and girls, especially women and girls of color, women and girls who are queer, women and girls with disabilities, or all of the above? How can we be more intersectional and inclusive? I've spent two decades working on gender equality issues all over the world. And the universal truth that I've seen is that when you invest in women and girls, it creates a ripple effect of benefits that spread through her family, through her community, and ultimately through the world. We'll talk with powerhouse women and some male-bodied allies to hear inspiring stories and learn some practical ways that we can use the resources we have at our disposal to advance progress on equality by spending like it matters, giving like it matters, and investing like it matters so we can really narrow the gender wealth gap. I'm talking today with Yancina Larson. Yancina is the founder and CEO of World Pulse, an independent women-led global social network that connects women all over the world for social change. Just imagine if Facebook were created for women. She's an international journalist and global women's rights expert, as well as a frequent speaker on the power of technology to speed up women's power. Nancina is also part of the Equals Global Partnership, a coalition that bridges the gender digital divide and a fellow of the Academy for Systems Change, a 10 year fellowship for the planet's next generation of systems change leaders. She's also been awarded the Tribeca Innovative Disruptor Fellowship and the United Nations Media Social Impact Award. She is all about breaking the silence for women around the world through a digital revolution. I met Yensina over a decade ago, wow, when World Pulse had just launched. At that time, it was a printed magazine. I was working with Landessa on an International Women's Day event to announce our new Center for Global Women's Land Rights as part of our commitment to the Clinton Global Initiative. And World Pulse wanted to do a feature story on us and the power of women's land rights. It's one of my favorite interviews I have ever done because I didn't have to explain how powerful it was for women to have the legal rights to own land and not worry that they would be kicked out of their home if something happened to their husband, to know that they could pass on generational wealth to their children, and to have a physical address that made them visible in their community. I just felt like they got it and intrinsically understood I still have my print copy of that article because I loved it so much. Since then, World Pulse has created a digital platform that truly feels like social media for social revolution, connecting thousands of women from over 190 countries. Once you meet Yancina, it's easy to see why she is an unstoppable force in her work to show that the creative potential of women and girls is the greatest untapped resource on earth. If you're interested in exploring more about how you can support nonprofits like World Pulse that align with your values and are doing badass work to change the world, check out my Feminist Philanthropy Guidebook on my website, www.ratafriedman.org. It's completely free. Uh, And if you still want more, you can always book a consultation with me. If you enjoy this episode today, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and don't forget to give the podcast a five-star rating and review. Okay, let's jump into the episode. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Radha. It's great to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk with you. And um, when I was thinking about putting this podcast together around all the different ways that we could be investing in women and girls, you were one of the first people that I thought of that I really was excited to talk with because you've had so much incredible experience with this um, over the years. So just to give you a quick introduction, because it would take a very long time if I spent this podcast telling everybody about all of the amazing things that you've done. Um, I will just say that you are an incredible award-winning digital social impact entrepreneur. Um, You're a huge advocate for women in technology and the power of technology to connect and amplify them. You're, of course, the founder and CEO of World Pulse, which is an incredible network for thousands of women across 190 countries, which is just incredible to say out loud. Um, and through this platform, there are so many amazing things that women are able to accomplish, launching businesses and building social movements and ending harmful practices. It's really amazing. Um, And I noted that last year you received the Media Social Impact Award from the United Nations, which is also not too shabby. So thank you so much for joining to to talk with me and to any of our listeners about the work that you do.
1: Well, you know me, we can't talk about investing in women and girls globally enough.
0: (laughs) Raising the volume on it. I do, I love it. So, I thought that we would just get started by learning a little bit more about your journey to get here and, and with so many of the remarkable women we've met, I find that there's always some sort of a story in the journey, some experience that led them to where they are now. So, tell us a little bit about your journey.
1: Well, I grew up very shy in the rural Midwest in the countryside and I was homeschooled. I had a little secret place that I would go to behind the barn in the field and I'd lay down with my books and, and I would dream about about the world. And I had this yearning. It was, it was almost like my voice was trapped in, in my throat because I was really paralyzingly shy. And And there was something that just wanted to come out. And I ended up, Traveling and becoming an international journalist at 19 years old because I felt like I just had to see the world uh, through the eyes of women and I wanted to be a witness. I wasn't confident in public, I would be absolutely, um, c- could barely even correct people who mispronounced my name, which was <laughs> quite a lot, Rada, if you can imagine. <laughs> so, um, but when I went into the Amazon in Ecuador, the women there that I was working with, indigenous women, were struggling with oil contamination on their traditional lands. And they kept asking me to be their messenger and to tell the world. So that is where I really realized that I could be a, a journalist and stepped into that fully but the vision for World Pulse, that, that moment when I realized that it needed to exist happened for me when I was on the Burma-Thai border. I was interviewing women refugees who were fleeing ethnic cleansing um, all day long, and they also were asking me to be their messenger. And I was just feeling really heavy with that, with their stories, and I was on a bamboo mat, Trying to sleep, just tossing and turning, it was on a balcony under these stars it was hot and sticky, and I just was feeling like I could tell those stories, but who was going to listen, who was going to really care, and I could see this hope, this like flame of hope of being heard and and expressing their incredible visions for the future to me and entrusting me with that and and i just I just was feeling hopeless and suddenly the stars you know sometimes you get struck with a bolt of lightning to me it was like the stars pulsed and they talked to me and I saw them connecting in this building pulse and I and I knew that I was being shown the solution in that moment and it was each pulse of light was a woman's voice unlocking and really being seen and heard and unlocking a chain reaction of other lights And to me, it was connected voice. It was given to me this vision and the rest of my life as a social entrepreneur has been in pursuit of learning how to bring that vision to life through the right design of digital technology that can truly connect women on the ground around the world and bring them a greater global voice and that, great, that
0: greater collective power.
1: I love that.
0: And when I asked that question, I had no idea that that's where you're going to take it. And <laughs> I just, I love it. Um, there's something really so incredibly powerful about the work that World Pulse does. Um, And I wonder if you could share a little more just in case people who don't know about it yet, um, I don't know why you wouldn't, but now you're going to, can you share a little bit about um, what it is and how people can connect to it? Sure, absolutely. Well, you can imagine, you know, if you imagined a Facebook that
1: was actually designed and powered by tens of thousands of Malalas around the world. That would be as close of a description as I could get to World Pulse. But we are, we are a, uh, a social global social network platform that is connecting women change makers on ground across 190 countries. Our network is over 72,000 mostly community-based women leaders who are really up to... to big things, they're working on ending child marriage, they are um, ending violence, they're, uh, the whole spectrum of issues. And on World Pulse, they have a platform where they are, they are able to uh, speak for themselves in their own words, uh, to connect, they're exchanging stories and resources and networking in really a global solidarity sisterhood network. Um, but then they're actually going on as a result of feeling more heard, being more connected and accessing more resources through the network to create massive impact on ground. And we have our network is um, reported to us that they're impacting over 12.6 million people in their communities, They're expanded and new businesses and initiatives and running for office, standing up for land rights, all, all, this whole huge array of um, different kinds of, of initiatives that they're running. So that's World Pulse essentially. And anyone can join, you know, you can just click on and it's it's free to join, but it's very heavily protected. Um, we have a strong moderation. There's no cyber harassment, no cyber attacking. It's It's a war zone for women online. We welcome anyone to come as a safe space to network Make new sisters, make new friends, boost your initiatives.
0: Yes, I love it. So I remember when World Pulse started, in addition to the digital platform, it was also a print periodical. And I went into my archives to find this, <laughs> which I think is maybe your second issue that you had. Um, and you interviewed me for this article on women's land rights. Which is incredible. This is actually a picture that my partner took. Um, This was my very first site visit when I was working with Landessa right before we created the Center for Women's Land Rights. Um, So I'm curious about how you've seen it change and grow since you took it from print to digital. Well, um, it's funny you
1: bring that. I don't want to brag, but literally I go back in those magazines and the people that we interviewed and have covered are today like really leading lights in the world or built an initiatives and so the the very evergreen the 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 Mm -hmm. content that's there and a lot of people still constantly tell me they haven't thrown them away they keep them
0: no they're beautiful why would you throw them away it's incredible so um but the
1: magazine started because really the, the what was possible with the internet wasn't fully known at the time that I started the vision of so the vision that I had of this global connected network I thought well how am I going to do this I guess I better start a print magazine <laughs> and um and so I learned everything about print magazine and 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 literally got uh the magazine up on over 200 newsstands across North America and figured everything out about independent publishing with mostly pro bono team. And we started winning awards from it, but I realized that pretty quickly, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, do you realize what's coming? This was just about when Facebook was getting started. Mm -hmm. And and as soon as I realized what was then called Web 2.0, I I knew there was no going back. I, I said that's it, and we we have to take World Pulse online for greater impact mm-hmm. because a lot of people were telling me, oh, we want. I was getting emails from women around the world. We'd love to be co- covered. We want to be featured, but we didn't have page space. We couldn't do postage to send ship it around the world. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, people in the West Coast of the United States who were talking to me were saying, we we wanna do more than just read this story. We wanna connect. We had no idea what was happening in Iraq or what was happening in the Colombian jungles. We wanna do more, so help us connect. And it was just natural to take it online to enable that greater connection for impact.
0: Mm, I love it. So what, I mean, you've said such wonderful things about the power of something like this, this kind of a work to, to connect and across the world who are sharing so many of the same experiences but are separated by physical distance. Um, I was wondering if you could share with us the thing that really drives you in doing this work. I mean, what do you love most about it?
1: Hmm. Well, deep in, in every single cell of my body is the knowing that Women, investing in women is one of the greatest accelerators for global change. It's the biggest lever that we have for solving virtually every global issue. And on the other hand, technology is also an incredible accelerator. It can bring things we never before dreamed possible. And if you put them together, I believe you've got the biggest rocket boost in our hands, to speed the pace to gender equality and to change the world. I think of it as like the, ulti- as the ultimate hack for global sustainability. So I know that in my bones and um, and even no matter what, I, I talked to Jane Goodall, for example, who's been a mentor for me and I'm always asking her, you know, what- what's the number one thing we can do? And she, she always says, connect the women, connect the women. Mm. Yeah. And I believe, at this moment where there's a, a, a virus that's driving massive transformation for the planet, if we do connect the women and we are connecting the women, that's one of the greatest immune immune systems for the planet that we have today.
0: And mm. It's fascinating
1: because this virus is targeting um, the older patriarchal mindset. Yeah. So that's on the, you know, on the head side and And in my cells, I know that. But on the spiritual side, it's about the beauty of the human spirit. And what I love most about World Pulse is actually my own experience of, like, going on there on a daily Mm -hmm. basis and stepping inside something that feels like a cathedral to me of um, a culture of women connecting across all borders and languages and cultures and supporting each other. Mm-hmm. It's a supportive space and to sit back and listen and learn from women from as di- diverse as um, Alaska to Bangladesh to the South Bronx and really listen to those experiences and, and feel um, crying. I'm crying a lot, crying with a sense of deep connection, with a, lot, a feeling of aliveness and feeling connected to something bigger. So I think on a spiritual level, it's almost like a new global spirituality that I've never seen anywhere else. And I'm so honored and proud to be able to benefit from that myself, but it's really been created by our global network.
0: It's, It's really incredible, this idea of building a vessel and then watching to see the magic that gets filled inside when you invite people to participate in. Um, people who really honor the space and understand how important and significant and rare it is to have a space like that. Um, A space where there's no harassment, a space where there's true connection. Um, I really think that that's going to be a remarkable resource for anybody who's listening who doesn't already know about it or maybe hasn't participated in a while. I was wondering if you could share some kind of a story or example of what you've seen come out of this, because at least for me, I find myself so steeped in data about gender equality and what it's going to take to move more resources and more shift more power into the hands of women that I sometimes get lost in the data. And I have to remind myself, pull it back, rein it in, and talk about the impact that you've seen on one person or one community. So I wondered if you have a a great story that can kind of illustrate that about the power of connecting women and investing in women in this kind of way.
1: Yes, I do. And I I think of the investing in women a bit of a broader lens of, of voice, connection and resources, and it's the thing that we hear from our network over and over again of, you know, what is fortifying them, what do women around the world want, and um, so one of the examples that I can think of, there's so many, it's hard to choose, but there's um, a woman who is in Cameroon who is a survivor of the practice of breastfeeding, <laughs> which... For those of you who aren't aware of the practice of breast ironing, it is pretty secret and practice that happens and affects three to four million women and girls in Cameroon who are typically mothers and grandmothers heat up hot stones or coconut shells and they pulverize the breast tissue of their daughters in an attempt to protect them from the high rates of sexual violence in their communities. And uh, it's just a very silenced practice. Even women don't really talk Talk about it amongst each other, and it's kind of like passing down the the cookie recipe from your grandmother it's just done and I learned about it i didn't even know about it because i and I have a degree in gender studies and have been you know for for decades and so one of our members started writing about it on our platform, and she tells the story of what happened to her through this process where she was just depressed and lost because she was seeing these breast ironing all around her. Her sister, her friends were becoming depressed and and going on to become pregnant. And she also seeing widow stoning and all these horrific things for women in her community. And she was about to give up, but she was on her mobile phone and she found World Pulse and she saw the line of, no one speaks for me, I speak for myself. And she thought, Mm -hmm. no one... No one else will listen to me here. No one cares in my community. I'm going to see if I can speak to the world. So in that process, she started telling this story. And um, from World Pulse, it actually got picked up on CNN and went to number one on their, their home And she got a lot of attention from it. So today, if you look at international headlines about breast ironing, her name is gonna come up because she really broke world news on this. But it was this this power of being seen and being visible that then drew resources to her. She got awards. She got a one five thousand dollar grant, uh, and through the Women Have Wings award, she took that five thousand dollar. Here was a woman who was depressed, doing not, nothing, not even sure if she could go on, and she launched an ending breast ironing campaign, which has now spread over 60,000 women and girls in Cameroon who have vowed to end the practice. She's been conducting it through storytelling in churches and hair salons and bringing in pop celebrities and men and having radio programs. And she's teaming up with the government on this. And she's she's grown, um, armies of leaders, women leaders in all different regions and across the country, which is now an, uh, a built-in mobilizing network for the peace movement, since the conflict is spiraling out of control now in Cameroon, mm. And... Um, and, and they're now organizing across the divide, across the conflict lines as women for peace and trying to get the governments and the, the various factions to, to, to stop the fighting. And they're really speaking out loudly online. And so that's, an, I think, to me, one of the a great example of just one voice, how just one voice
0: can mm.
1: the silence and launch movements. And we, see, we see this again and again in country after country.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, share their stories, because inevitably everybody has a story about how investing in one woman, giving her the resources, giving her the tools, giving her the support that she needed, was the thing that ended up spreading ripple benefits to everyone in her family, in her community, in the nation, and in the world. And um, it just never fails. People have these incredible stories of this time and again, um, and I think it really speaks to the importance of investing in women and girls, right? We know it to be true, and yet we just need to muster the will to do it. So I'm thinking that in light of the current situation that we we find ourselves in, <laughs> um, that the world is in um, a, a, an unusual place before, not in global history, but certainly in our lifetimes, um, we have, additional challenges ahead of us. And I've been thinking a lot anyway about the burden that this is placing disproportionately on women and girls because women are caretakers, women are predominantly the nurses um, as well as the doctors, but the nurse aides, the aged caregivers, so much of the childcare burden falls on them. So with schools closed, that's an additional burden. They are also the cleaners. Um, And I'm thinking a lot about how this opportunity that we're in right now um, can also be directed for good. And whether you have thoughts about how we can take this unique moment that we're in and channel our best good for the rest of the world through it. I do have thoughts about that. Of course, I, it is a very precarious
1: time. Uh, we're in a moment where we're still 100 years to gender equity in the best scenarios, best modeling right now. Um, and this is, is, has potential to basically be a big setback, especially since most of the world is turning online as a means of connection and also vital health information and organizing and sustaining each other through this. And still most half of the world's women are offline. And not to mention as the pandemic reaches into other regions of the world that has less infrastructure capacity, to To manage and people are are um, have less ability to be as socially distanced. It's it could be absolutely devastating. So there's real cause for concern, and and then of course not even to mention the economic economic impacts as you shared. Uh, so, however, on the the side of this opportunity that can come through the the breakthrough that can come through the breakdown. I mentioned before I see this as a moment where the immune system for the planet can be activated and we can actually use the power of women who are online to be advocates and change agents for those who are offline and we have uh, we can take this time while we are uh, holed up in our locations to actually deepen our relationship building and our organizing and, and to deepen those relationships through online. So, one of the things we've done is we've launched a big She Transforms tech campaign, which is really rallying women's mm-hmm. voices. We have over 100 plus partners, women's rights partners and digital, and digital uh, rights partners who are rallying around this but we're um, we want a new global tech agenda that works for women, so that there is greater access and availability, because the online world is a lifeline for not only health information, but for economic advancement, 90% of the jobs in the next 10 years are going to have digital skills. And also the way in which online worlds can be very soul-sucking sometimes. You know how you feel exhausted after you've been on a Zoom calls for half a day? (laughs) I do. Real right now, but we can design um, online connections. Women can design online connections that really nourish us and lift us up. And that's that just hasn't been the mindset in the build of our technology today. So we're really rallying voices around the world where you deliver it into the United Nations um, agenda setting for a Goal of Sustainable Development. Goal number five in the Beijing Action Plan and um, a number of different forums. And I, I think this is the moment where we can really drive bigger investment and massive investment in digital infrastructure for women's mo- online movement building. Yes. And I'm a real advocate for that. We have to take it seriously because if we don't take it, I mean, at least look at where we are today. If we would have taken it seriously over the last 10 years, this could be a huge leapfrog for women's movements in an even bigger we could take advantage of it even bigger. So I think, I think that investment in infrastructure and connectivity for women means that there's a lot of social capital that also gets unlocked. Right now we're leaking a lot of impact with investing in this organization, this initiative, this, mm-hmm. this geographic mm-hmm. hospital, orphanage, or this one group that's in one issue or one silo and we actually also need to invest in the the ecosystem infrastructure that can connect all the pieces so that there can be a lot more solutions collaboration building leapfrog us to the next level
0: yes i love it i love all of that positive thinking and i'm also thinking about how there are going to be all different people along the spectrum who are thinking right now about what they can do, ways that they can help, how to be engaged, but I'm adding this gender lens to everything I do, it's natural, I can't help it. (laughs) Because I wanna make sure that the people who are disproportionately affected receive the resources they need so that we can get closer to equity. So considering that I don't yet know exactly who's going to be listening to this, it's probably gonna be a mix of nonprofit leaders, women philanthropists, potentially institutional donors, all of the above. What do you think is one thing that people can do to really invest in women and girls in some way from their own sphere? Mm. It's a huge qu- question.
1: Well, the bottom line of that is is to invest. And and whether it's a, it is a $5 or it's a $5 dollars or its a 5000000 we all need to be moving money right now we need to be moving money but also time and talent but 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 let's not forget the the money and resourcing piece too so i think taking seeing the privilege and and the joy in giving and matching it so deeply with what keeps you up at night what you care most about what's the the future vision that you have in the world and finding those things to invest in as a sacred act that that is building the future that you want, purchasing power, of course, as well as for-profit investing or philanthropic investing. I do think when we do invest, I, I recommend that we look at three different areas of investing. I, I look at um, is where you're investing, are there ability for the women to have voice? to have collective mobilization and to have holistic solutions. So when I say that, if you're gonna invest in, in an initiative or a movement, are, you, are the women able to speak for themselves? Are you able to hear their voices? Are you able, is there a way to, for them to tell their own stories, to author their own impact? Or is it a pretty top-down organization? I think that's transformative. Where the 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 ultimate participants of where your dollars are going are is their voice. Um, the second one is is that collective mobilization. Is there um, ability so it's not just isolated like one. Let's have one woman start her chicken farm, <laughs> but but there where there is built into the the initiative a, a way of gathering because if there's anything I've seen over the last decade is that women find their voice and their power in the collective. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is holistic solutions. I just would encourage people to, to, although it seems easy and makes things simpler to say, I'm just going to focus on one issue (laughs) on just on water and women. I'm just going to focus on sexual reproductive health and women. And I would encourage everyone to take a closer look and resist the temptation of just, doing that because what I've learned is that women leaders who are really doing up to big change are so holistic and they're blending and they're addressing multiple issues at once and they have very innovative, multifaceted solutions. So just be cautious when you invest that you're not putting someone into a box and saying, well, it has to line up and every grant dollar has to be showing it's building a well. Just uh, trust women and and
0: they're very multifaceted solutions that they're building. I love that framework and I really especially appreciate the intersectional analysis that that goes into it because all of the issues are connected um, and we don't have just one identity and there's such a strong need for trust-based philanthropy right now especially in this moment in the world Um, that is the best way to move resources so thank you I appreciate that Um, my final question for you, it's actually a two-part question. It's about your inspiration and some of the other incredible women that are around you in your sphere. It's a question that starts with who inspires you. And then the second part of the question is, who else is an amazing, badass woman out there in the world that you think should be interviewed on this podcast? Oh, my
1: God. Radha, that's so, <laughs> there's so many. Um, okay, 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 I think I have this. Well, I mean, you know my answers. The, the The women leaders on World Pulse freaking inspire me every single day. But in in this moment, there is someone who rises up to me as just, profound inspiration. And her name is Neema Namadamu from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Do you know Neema? Maybe. I don't. So Neyma is a member of our community, but she is a global leader and, and um, a leader in Congo. But she was born with polio.
0: Hmm.
1: Her mother had to carry her on her back to school. And she at times dragged herself to school. Literally, for miles and miles, and um, Nema is uh, a voice for women with disabilities, but for women of, across all of DRC, which is known as one of the most um, one of the most violent regions in the world for women and has about five percent internet access it 's also very hard for them to reach out and be heard and speak to the world but um, Nema Nema started speaking out about World Pulse and with mm-hmm. her vision to connect women across DRC for a better future. And then she started building women-only cyber cafes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and started speaking. She's now friends with like Angelina Jolie because she's like <laughs> traveling around the world. She got she kind of launched off from World Pulse, and but she's she's basically building collectives of women through DRC, linking them through the internet. Um, building in environmental and climate change resilience, planting trees, building development plans with coalitions of women that include things like cattle farming and major telecom industries. And she is someone who, she hates it when journalists call her and say, tell us about the rapes that are happening in the Congo. Yeah. Like we are not victims, we are liberators. And Africa, we are rich and we are proud. And she is such a leader in not, it's not about followers, but about building other leaders. And she constantly motivates me. She tells me and Sina, you know, it's the great, the great miracle solution. This is her, the phrase she uses all the time. It's the miracle solution you connect, you give women voice. It's the miracle solution. And she says that to me, it it gives me like a, it's like an ant, it's like a antidote drip for me that keeps me going in in tough times. Her voice is always there and she always has time, but she's traveling around the world in a wheelchair, which is her chariot Hmm. that she calls it. And, And she's, she's an incredible leader, resilient leader with a big, big vision that I can barely wrap my mind around sometimes.
0: Wow. I love it. I love the miracle solution. <laughs> that is great. Thank you so much. Um, I, I so appreciate that. And then did you have a second person that you were thinking of for the podcast or is this a two in one, a twofer? Oh my gosh. Well, she definitely is a
1: twofer, but um... I do, I would suggest, I'm really loving Hazel Henderson right now, who's a visionary feminist economist and futurist, and I, she just wrote an incredible piece called Lessons from a Pandemic, Looking Back from 2050, and she, she just has an incredible vision for how we reorder and transform our global economy, and, and what that future looks like, she really spells it out, and it's, it's a pretty great to bring that
0: vision alive. That sounds amazing. See, I love having conversations with people like this because I learn about all of these other amazing women that I need to meet and that we all need to connect with. And so um, that's incredible. I can't wait to look her up and learn more about her. Fantastic. Yes. Well, thank you so much. This has been um, such a really wonderful and nourishing conversation for me. I love this platform that you've created. I love all of the connections it's created throughout the world, it's like the connective tissue between the women and the planet. And I'm so, so, so glad to know you and have you in my network and to know that you're out there in the world, um, creating even more connections between women. Well,
1: right back at you, sister. Thank you for creating this platform and for being that beam of light at a time where this everyone needs to hear this message and really believe in their power to, to invest and, and make a better world. It's very, very here right now.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you, Rada. Bye. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If today's conversation piqued your curiosity, please comment below, review, and share it with your friends and colleagues. And let me know your suggestions for future guests you'd like to hear from. Also, follow me on social media. The links will be in the show notes. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter on my website at www.radhafridman.org. If you want to be inspired, think big, and take action to advance gender equality, then subscribe to this podcast to hear more inspiring stories and tips on how we can close the gender wealth gap. Thanks for listening.